This is Workers' Comp Matters, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, the only legal talk network program that focuses entirely on the people and the law in workers' compensation cases. Nationally recognized trial attorney, expert, and author, Alan S. Pierce is a leader committed to making a difference when workers' comp matters. Well, welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad to have you join us this afternoon on Workers' Comp Matters. I'm attorney Alan Pierce. I practice law in Salem, Massachusetts, and we concentrate in workers' compensation cases. Uh, We'd like to take this time to thank our sponsor, Benoit Language Services. You can find out more about them at benoitinc.com. Today we have uh, two old friends visiting us uh, on Workers' Comp Matters. Uh, We are going to discuss the Raytheon's Company's Integrated Disability Program, and we have two guests here. Um, The first um, gentleman I'm going to introduce you to is Edmund C. Corcoran, Jr. Ed is the Director of Integrated Disability Programs for Raytheon Company, which is based here in Waltham, Massachusetts. He's an attorney admitted to practice in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and the United States District Court. Prior to joining Raytheon, he was Director of Workers' Comp and Medical Services for the Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority. Ed also serves as the self-insurance representative on the Governor's Workers' Compensation Advisory Council in Massachusetts, where he is currently vice chair. He's also on the board of directors for the National Council of Self-Insurers and past president of the Disability Management Employer Coalition. Ed, welcome to Workers' Comp Matters. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for the invitation. And joining Ed is Daniel J. Knight. Dan is the senior manager of Workers' Comp for Raytheon. He is responsible for the management and oversight of both the domestic and selected international workers' compensation programs, which includes the self-insured and self-administered component in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, along with providing consulting services to Raytheon's business units and functional organizations. Dan, welcome to Workers' Comp Matters. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate like, the invitation. Uh, you're very welcome. Um, Raytheon is one of the largest self-insured employers in Massachusetts, in fact, one of the largest private employers. And I suspect being a large employer, you also have um, a serious concern about workers' compensation and keeping the costs down, especially we are self-insured and are self-administered. You've sort of established a program which is called an integrated disability program. Ed, why don't I start with you and ask you to describe the concept and how that concept is uh, executed? Sure, Alan. Uh The thought came by way of um, the responsibility, quite frankly, and that is that I, as the director, have responsibility for the non-occupational part of our business as well as the occupational injuries. Uh, Having that under one roof uh, obviously integrates the programs, and we've, um, not only in the self-insured world, but also in the insured world, we have uh, asked our partners, uh, insurance partners, to uh, join us in the exercise of uh, measuring absence and not disability and working on the return to work uh, process that affects both programs. So the integration piece brings into play all of our insurance, self-insured partners, and our own program at Raytheon. And who are those partners? Uh, MetLife uh, is the non-occupational insurance partner. And and I will use the word partner because that's the expectation in our relationship. And I take MetLife as what, a short-term and long-term disability provider? That is correct. And uh, Liberty Mutual is our insurance carrier. We'll expand on that later, but uh, that's a workers' comp piece. And as you pointed out, we're self-insured in Massachusetts and Rhode Island and self-administered. We have our own uh, claims team operating out of our uh, offices in Raytheon. 
And obviously, Raytheon is not just a Massachusetts and Rhode Island company. You've got locations in many states and around the world. Uh, we sure do. The uh, international piece is obvious to, I think, folks who know Raytheon and the business where we're in as a defense contractor. Uh, that has a unique uh, responsibility in that we have uh, defense-based act coverages for our employees. I'm sure my partner here, Dan, will expand on that during our course of our conversation. But um, we have offices uh, principally, and we're rich pretty much in every state, Alan. Uh, I believe Delaware, and I could be wrong with that, is the only state we don't have some representation. Other states, it's small, but nevertheless, there are personnel located uh, around the country. So you've you've got to have um, a knowledge of the workers' comp laws in each of these particular jurisdictions, and you're insured by Liberty Mutual except for Rhode Island and Mass? That's correct. Um, now, you mentioned the Defense Base Act. Those are civilian employees out of the country on a defense base, and they're covered under the federal program, which is administered by the uh, Longshore and Hopper workers? Uh, that's correct. Okay. Dan, tell us a little bit about your role as uh, claims manager. Well, Alan, primarily I uh, oversee the uh, the workers' comp program uh, for both uh, the insured and self-insured operations. Uh, the insured operations with Liberty Mutual uh, is a program that uh, we, we've really developed quite a partnership with them. And uh, uh, they have a very wide-ranging, robust uh, uh, claims operation that, uh, that supports Raytheon uh, throughout the United States and internationally. Uh, Ed had mentioned the Defense Base Act, and uh, it's a program that uh, we have a lot of, we have a lot of uh, employees who are deployed overseas in support of uh, military operations, as well as other operations. And, uh, and the program of the Defense Base Act um, involves... Uh, the uh, Department of Labor. It's administered and managed by the Department of Labor. But it's also uh, a, a very, very particular program in that not all employees are eligible for it, even though they're deployed overseas. Ed, give us an example uh, as to how this integrated program works. Uh, give us an example of somebody who, who comes down with uh, a condition that is disabling and causes that person to lose time from work. And tell us where and why um, it's important to for Metropolitan and either Liberty Mutual or Metropolitan and Raytheon as self-insurer to work together. Uh, the cases like this are numerous, Alan. And one of the things I want to say up front is that our main uh, mission is to make sure uh, someone who is injured or ill um, and has disability-related uh, an element to that does not go without some kind of payment. So we don't want to see anyone caught in the middle or have something fall through the cracks. An example would be We've had situations where uh, the employee, his or herself, is not aware of the, uh, an event being work-related and has an event in a parking lot, for instance. We've had that happen where someone has uh, skidded on sand and uh, went out of control and had an accident in the parking lot, one of our facilities. Uh, instantly filed a non-occupational STD claim for the disability related to that incident. A short-term disability Short-term claim. disability, yes. And... Um, uh, again, because of this unique integrated services, the MetLife folks know the kind of questions to ask about the event, and triggers will go off, flags will go up when it becomes more obvious it might be within the work comp uh, operation of our company. Um, they will then um, let us know of the potential conflict, 
and uh, we can then direct the employee to uh, file a workers' comp claim. In this case here, it did work uh, very well, and it has in most cases where if we're ahead of the curve, the questions are asked, we can direct them to the right benefit program. Right. So uh, just taking another example, let's assume one of your workers suffers um, a heart attack in the workplace, and there's usually a question as to whether the work caused or significantly played a role in the development of the heart attack, and frequently those cases are investigated and or contested by the workers' comp carrier. What you're saying is short-term or long-term disability gets involved at the outset, and then if it gets ultimately resolved as a workers' comp case, it's very easy to just make the appropriate reimbursements. We've established uh, through the right personnel at each of these uh, insurance partners uh, liens to be established accordingly and to have constant dialogue about the status of those claims in each other's uh, area of responsibility. We have such a case. We've got a case that occurred uh, in the past year where uh, the allegation was that the excitement at work and uh, arguments with a supervisor created an event uh, that was a stroke, diagnosis of stroke at a later point, uh, and uh, claimed as work-related because of the circumstances that just dictated. And uh, as it turned out, um, other medical conditions clearly were in play here. And uh, while the claim as a workers' comp claim was denied, um, the non-arc carrier with the obvious disability related to that event picked up the payment and that person is in benefit now. And Dan, from your experience trying to manage these cases and uh, uh, contain the costs, uh, what are the benefits of, of uh, and I think the question is probably self-obvious, but what are the benefits of making a speedy and prompt payment regardless whether it comes from a non-occupational disability carrier or the workers' comp carrier in terms of the ultimate goal of either containing the cost of that case or getting the person successfully back to work? Well, it's very important, Alan. Uh, one of the things that we try to do is make sure that the person is paid. Uh, we want to maintain some level of income to the individual, uh, whether it comes from disability or workers' comp. At the same time, we also want to make sure that the, the payments that are made come from the appropriate bucket. Uh, we want to make sure that if it's work-related, it's going to come from work, the, the workers' compensation fund. If it's not work-related, it's going to be a disability payment. Having said that, uh, you know, we also want to try to get people back to work as quickly as possible, but we have to establish uh, uh, you know, exactly what's wrong with them and, and what we can do to, to bring them back um, and work with their doctors, work with uh, uh, clinicians, and, and uh, make sure that uh, all, the right, all the right things are done to make sure, first of all, that the employee knows that the employee is valued. Uh, we want the employee to make sure that, that, uh, that they understand that, that we value them as a person, we value the work that they do, the contribution they make to the company, um, while at the same time, uh, and, and frankly, regardless of whether it's work-related or non-work-related, um, the employee is a valued component uh, to the to the overall success of Raytheon, and so we we try to instill that and and reach out to the employee, uh, and and we do that actually through um, a, a couple of uh, vehicles. The lost time intervention team concept is something that we use to uh, to reach out to the employee um, and manage the the the, the absence, uh, while at the same time encouraging supervisors to contact the employees and extend that helping hand, extend that, that, uh, that, that reach of the company, not to check up on them, but to uh, let them know that they're valued, let them know that, that somebody back at the company still cares for them and wants them back to work and wants to welcome them back. And, and I will tell you this, and both of you know me and know that my practice primarily in the last 20 years or so has been representing injured workers, although we share a, 
common background doing self-insurance defense work. And I have found, and I've actually spoken and written on this, uh, what I call a top 10 list of why injured workers get attorneys. Right at the very top of the list is either the absence of contact by the employer immediately after the injury, or the flip side of that, the wrong type of contact, a rather aggressive, when are you going to get back to work? We need a doctor's note. And the absence of any semblance of concern for the well-being of the injured worker, my client, uh, allaying the fears of not going without a paycheck, and also the delivery of prompt medical care. And I, I'm going to assume, and I'll ask you this question, I would assume your integrated disability program, you also have a component where the medical benefits as far as the initial and ongoing treatment are managed while the workers' comp aspect of this. Is that correct? Somebody is, you've, they've, your employees are obviously covered by non-work-related health insurance as well as workers' comp. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and that's, that's what Dan was alluding to, the fact that the, these lost time intervention teams and the outreach by supervisors is universal. It doesn't affect just workers' comp. It, it's across the board. And the bottom line here is, um, as you said, Alan, early contact, uh, the right kind of contact, the way you present yourself is essential. We survey our population in regards to how they feel about the experience they went through. Whether your case is accepted or denied, everyone gets a survey. And we're getting 90 percentile favorable reaction to not only their dealings with Raytheon, their supervision, and their contact folks, but also the insurance partner, Liberty Mutual and MetLife. We couldn't be happier with those kind of results. That's because the effort is to make sure we're fair and responsible in our approach and our handling of the claim. Are we perfect? Of course not. But we strive for that perfection, and we've come a long way with regards to that. I will tell you from my experience, and I think the experience of whoever is listening to this program, that's probably unique in, in terms of the world of employment and the world of workers' comp. Uh, we, t we talked about return to work, and obviously um, return to work is a major component of what you guys do in terms of managing your claims. Uh, and the return to work is not always an easy process. And one of the big issues is modified work and the bona fide nature of the bon modified work or modifications to a job. Tell us a little bit, uh, Dan, about Raytheon's approach to getting people back to work to accommodate their uh, recovery. Well, it's a great question, and it's something that I, I think a lot of companies struggle with. At Raytheon, though, again, we, we look back to that lost time intervention team concept, and what we have are a couple of tools that we've developed uh, by uh, some folks on staff, and, and one of these uh, uh, tools is uh, uh, an employer statement of job demands. We have that sent out to uh, the supervisor for the injured worker, and it's not a job description, but it's a, it's a statement that indicates exactly what this employee does and what this employee uh, is, is, um, is expected to do, both in terms of uh, physical movement and also in terms of, of, of what's being lifted, uh, weight, that kind of thing. And we take that, and we have uh, uh, two vocational rehab specialists on our staff. Uh, we, we refer to them as absence management specialists. And they look at that, and they work with the supervisor and the lost time intervention team to try to craft – um, some level of transitional duty so that we can work this person back into the job that they had on a transitional basis, working their way back up to full duty. 
we do that within the uh, within the uh, medical restrictions that are established by the doctor, but also we 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 monitor that. We just don't let the person go back. It's something that's monitored and and watched, uh, you know, right along through the process. And Ed, I know from my experience at the Department of Industrial Accidents, where these extent of disability claims are litigated, when there is an issue as to whether somebody can work or not work, or whether a particular modified job is suitable or not. Raytheon has gone an extra step in terms of educating the adjudicators of these cases, in this case, the judges at the Department of Industrial Accidents. Give us an an idea of what your thought is uh, and your process is to do that and how successful it is. Well, we've we've, uh, taken great uh, pride in that, uh, Alan, and we've we've taken top-level supervisors with quite a bit of credibility uh, and brought them into the Department of Industrial Accidents. Uh, and, And we'll do that everywhere, by the way, not just in Massachusetts to expand on what this job means and what to build more credibility, quite frankly, about that. We've also invited um, judges to visit our locations, and we've had such some success. We understand their busy schedules doesn't dictate um, their availability all the time, but we've had occurrences where they've actually walked through the plant, um, got a sense for these jobs, and um, and got away from the myth that these uh, these facilities are old warehouses with spider webs coming from the ceiling, but rather modern, um, clean, efficient twenty uh, first century uh, facilities for producing products that we do for the government. It's yeah. interesting when you bring. It's funny when you bring some of these uh, the judges and, and even doctors to it. You know, when you bring them out to the plant, they are they're expecting this old, dingy, medieval uh, you know warehouse full of you know old, noisy machines. They co- they walk through and they're amazed at how how clean, uh, how modern, how well lit uh, these these facilities are. Give us an example of a of, a, of an injured worker with a potentially career ending or serious injury that through the initiative of the lost time intervention team has been able to successfully transition back to work. Well, you've got somebody who uh, who may have had um, a back injury and they've they've uh, up to that point been ha- had a very difficult time. They probably had you know um, a fusion, and uh, you know we've worked with people at at the plant to. Uh, reconfigure a workstation. Uh, and we've gone from fixed workstations to modular workstations. And uh, the workstations can be adjusted up or down. Uh, we, we have rearranged uh, uh, seats and chairs. We've uh, brought in uh, automatic pneumatic tools uh, rather than just using the old-fashioned you know, hand torque, you're just a regular old wrench that you use on the weekend, to, to you know, automated systems. Alan, I want to add to that that... Um we have fleets now, not just one or two, but fleets of scooters. So we've um, we've got a return on that investment. Uh, it makes sense to bring someone back to work. Uh, most times it's temporary, but there might be a permanent situation where we have the availability for someone to ambulate around these or get around these facilities, and uh, they're large facilities for the most part, on these uh, mechanized uh, devices. And um, how do you keep track of, of the success in um, in a keeping workers' comp lost time cases to a minimum and managing those cases to a successful conclusion, either by settlement or through a resolution by returning to work? Well, we have, um, as you might imagine, any, any kind of company our size, we we have constant measurements um, and won't get into the details of that, but there are metrics in our world, of course. And one of them is accommodation metrics. And uh, that's an important discussion with our uh, human resource vice presidents in every business across the country that uh, come under the Raytheon uh, umbrella. 
Um, they're looking at these numbers all the time about how they can improve when they say that uh, we were only brought 20% of our people last year back to work. What can we do to do something better? And when we talk to them at that point about why don't you invest in these things like scooters or other devices to get people back, they fully appreciate the value of that because they can bring back someone who has uh, who is essential to a program and they can see that being a plus to them. So these metrics have a meaning to these folks all the time in regards to trying to beat, if you will, the number from the prior year. Now, in Massachusetts, you're self-insured and self-administered. And um, I think you, I'll have you describe exactly what that means to be self-administered, Dan. Well, uh, Alan, basically what that means is that we have a, uh, we're granted a license by the Commonwealth uh, in uh, Massachusetts and a license by the state of Rhode Island in, uh, in, that, in that jurisdiction to uh, act as our own, uh, uh, frankly, captive little insurance company. And we handle all the functions that a regular insurance company would, uh, would engage in from uh, investigation to uh, the payment processing of medical bills. Uh, we're also uh, certified to uh, uh, con- uh, engage in uh, vocational um, rehabilitation as well as um, utilization review. Uh, all of these functions, administrative functions, are, are usually handled by the insurance company. Uh, in our case, uh, we, we not only you know, do all those functions, we issue the checks as well. At this point, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with Ed Corcoran and Dan Knight. Now a word from our sponsor. Need to communicate with your non-English speaking clients? Call Benoit Language Services. We have interpreters and translators throughout the USA, so you are able to converse quickly and effectively with your clients. We cover all legal matters, medical appointments, and statements. We offer telephone interpretations, written translations, and handle all proceedings at the Department of Industrial Accidents. Benoit Language Services, dedicated to the art of communication. Call us for a free quote at 1-800-261-5152 or visit BenoitInc.com. That's B-E-N-O-I-T-I-N-C.com. Want to stay in touch with the Legal Talk Network and get our shows automatically? RSS provides home delivery. You don't have to remember where to click. The good stuff comes right to you automatically and free. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and hit the RSS button at the top of the page. It says our podcast feeds. Now you'll be all set. Want to get CLE credit for the show you just listened to? Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and look for the words engage your brain. Click there and you can choose what you need for credits and listen to our shows at the same time. Welcome back to Workers' Comp Matters. With me today is Ed Corcoran, Director of Integrated Disability Programs for Raytheon Corporation, and Dan Knight, Senior Manager of Workers' Compensation for Raytheon. Ed and Dan, we left off by talking about managing uh, the lost time case and getting somebody back to work. You also have uh, another program uh, dealing with wellness and workers' compensation. Could you give us an idea, Ed, what that's all about? Uh, gladly, Alan. Um, we're proud of this here, and it's it's nothing quite unique to Raytheon, but I think we are a bit ahead of the curve. Um, we've seen more and more um, mention of this in publications recently, and that is um, the impact of um, secondary or comorbid conditions to the uh, primary condition and what it does to the claim. Now, at let's, first, let's define what a secondary or comorbid condition is. Okay, we, I think I know what it is, but yeah, fine. We we we're talking about um, a significant rise, and this is throughout the country, uh, society, and that is with the 
type 2 diabetes. And um, we see quite a bit of um, depression in the workforce. I'm not saying necessarily Raytheon, but this is sort of the overall picture we're seeing. Um, and uh, with an aging workforce, and we're we all aware of that these days, uh, come uh, medical conditions that are sometimes uh, not so obvious, and an event occurs, whether it be an ARC or non-ARC event, um, and you're being treated. And uh, through that process, it's the first time you've seen your doctor in years, um, the, the blood work or whatever comes out that you've got other conditions going on. Now, at first blush, someone's going to say, well, you're looking to build up a defense for the workers' comp claim and put it in some other lap. That's not the case at all. We've never made that attempt. This is all about wellness to our employee population. Clearly, we have our insurance partners saying to them, if it's evident in the medical record, we see you have another condition going on. Would you like to be referred to the Raytheon provider, whoever their provider might be, for more information and details and some direction on that medical care? The response is normally, my doctor's already looking into it, thank you, or um, no, not at this time, or uh what do I do? And we can give a, with their authorization, without no without any requirement, a uh, directive to their healthcare carrier for more information on that particular disease or ailment they're, they're um, dealing with. And um, it's been looked at as a very positive uh, program. It's an extension of what all companies are doing now with wellness and uh, trying to keep their uh, population um, uh, on the clock, if you will, and not at home. And I think we've probably all seen the same literature and been to the same roundtable discussions that the relationship that an employee has with his or her employer and vice versa goes a long way in dictating the workers' comp experience for that employer, whether these are workers who are going to feel a partnership with their employer and will want to get back to work. And it's clear that Raytheon, you probably have a unique workforce. You're a defense contractor. You make the Patriot missiles and you make this very sophisticated um, electronic and other components that you probably can't even talk to me about. And you've got a workforce that probably might be, to put, you know, in layman's terms, like maybe a cut above maybe some of your competitors in private and other private industry employers because you have an investment in them. And uh, obviously you see the need to carry that over when there is an illness or an occupational disability that takes them out of the workforce. Um, let's talk a couple of minutes before we close on on safety. Preventing the accident is probably the best way to contain costs. Once the accident's occurred, the horse is out of the barn, and then, you know, you've got to, to take whatever steps you can. Uh, talk about how Raytheon approaches the safety issues, the preventing that accident from happening in the first place. We've developed uh, a great partnership with our safety uh, uh, team at Raytheon, the Environmental Health and Safety Group. Uh, they have... Um, undertaken uh, several initiatives uh, at, at the plants to uh, look at how the uh, site can be made safer. They do uh, loss prevention uh, initiatives, job hazard analysis, uh, executive walkabouts. But they've also engaged with the federal government uh, in the Voluntary Protection Program. Uh, and this sounds is a- like some place where you go if you've testified against the mobster. No, <laughs> not no, quite. No, okay, not quite. Uh, but it's a program that that Raytheon has uh, willingly signed up for across the country. Uh, and uh, what what it does is uh, it promotes a safe workplace and actually gives the site a rating uh, uh, through in, in in a partnership with OSHA uh, to uh, enhanced. Uh, to provide enhanced um, uh, safety initiatives to uh, give them 
uh, a level of recognition that most other places don't have. And uh, have you seen a, a an effect since this? How long has this program been in effect, the VPP program? They, it's probably been rolled out for about five years, uh, but we do it at various sites across the country simultaneously. But there's a, there's a very strict criteria, too, that, the, uh, that, that has to be met. And uh, OSHA will actually send out auditors to conduct a very extensive and, and deep audit into the safety program, you know, looking at metrics, looking at uh, how the whole uh, program is conducted before they will consider you. Our contribution, Alan, to that is uh, uh, we provide a quarterly report to our uh, vice presidents uh, from the workers' comp experience. And in that regard, we're giving them average age of disability, uh, time of day these occur, these events are occurring, uh, duration of that uh, particular um, uh, uh, injury or illness, whatever it might be, in the day of the week. We're trying to identify for our safety folks as much as we can about a trend or uh, that might otherwise uh, impact the wrong way. So uh, there's, a, there's a variety of data that both safety has and that we supply to them that come into play here with regards to making it a safe workplace. Just the other thing I'd like to add to that, Alan, is that the uh, when our own safety people go out and conduct internal audits of each site, either with or without the under the auspices of the VPP program, uh, we'll sit down with them and talk about the uh, the experience that that particular site has had over the last year, over the last two years, five years, whatever. Uh, and if we're seeing a trend in the stats or in the data that, that Ed referred to, uh, we'll let them know. And if they see anything that, that in, in their audits that we should be aware of, uh, you know, they'll, they'll sit down with us. So, so there's a great deal of crosstalk in that regard. Well, uh, I think we've learned a good deal of how Raytheon approaches uh, the issues surrounding injuries in the workplace or disability from work, whether it's work-related or not. Before we uh, sign off, Ed or Dan, do you have any closing thoughts? My thought, final thought is, Alan, and again, thank you for this opportunity to uh, give you a sense of what Raytheon's doing. This is all about productivity. We're all about absence management, and the bottom line is productivity so that we can conduct business with our uh, a healthy workforce. So it uh, it's a win-win situation, and uh, we look at it that way. And the feedback to date has been very positive. And uh, before we close, I just do want to make mention to our audience that uh, the year 1911 was is generally recognized as the origin of a workers' compensation in the United States. This is the centennial year. 2011 is 100 years of workers' compensation, not only in Massachusetts, but in perhaps another dozen jurisdictions around the country. And on April 7 of 2011, here in Massachusetts, there will be a centennial commemoration, um, which will include a symposium chaired by Professor John Burton and three other scholars of workers' comp in the afternoon and a dinner that evening where our featured keynote speaker is Lex Larson. And if anybody wants some information regarding the workers' compensation centennial, they can contact me at apierce at allenspierce.com. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Ed. It's good to see you again. Thank you for educating us on uh, Raytheon's policies and procedures regarding workers' comp and cost containment. We hope you'll join us for another Workers' Comp Matters show. Thanks for listening. I'm Alan Pierce, and please go out and make it a day that matters. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Workers' Comp Matters today on the Legal Talk Network. 
hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, where we try to make a difference in workers' comp legal cases for people injured at work. Be sure to listen to other Workers' Comp Matters shows on the Legal Talk Network, your only choice for legal talk. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Gee Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.